I'm going to tell you another Jim story uh, about pushing the envelope. Um, I was on the board of directors of the State Bar of Texas, and this was in the uh, mid-90s, and Jim came to me and he says, I have a resolution I want to present at a meeting for the board of directors in Wichita Falls. And uh, I said, here's a process. Okay, what's a resolution? And I read it, and I said, you're, you're, you're kidding. He said, I'm not kidding. The resolution was a resolution that the state bar board of, no, that, that the lawyer population in Texas would equal the, the population of the state in minorities. Well, that was a non-starter, I mean, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people... Well, good try. Well, but it was more than a good try because you know how things happen. Sometimes destiny happens, and you can't predict what's going to happen. You just have to put yourself in that position. So we put it on the agenda. It's on the agenda, and they're going through the agenda. And lunch, the chair says, lunch is served. But we have one more item. This was the last item. Everybody was hungry. They wouldn't leave. Uh, and I spoke. Other people spoke. We got our little vote, a little team of votes. And uh, people were saying, are you crazy? Do what, you know, so we, we tell them all the reasons and whatnot, and it's not going to pass. Okay, so the way it evolved was that the Everybody was hungry, and the chair said, it's, it's time to have, let's take a vote on this thing. And he's all in favor with eyes, you know, voice all against eyes. And, you know, uh, those of us that were in favor actually said, I louder. <laughs> and, and the chair says, pass, let's go eat. <laughs> so God bless Alkins. Okay. So we're over there, and uh, Richard is a friend of Al's. And, you know, I've met Al a few times, but, and, but and God bless Al. And so uh, Al's going, you know, this is this is wrong. We can't do this. This is this is you know, quota system. I said, no, no. This is this is an aspirational goal, Al. We're going to do an aspirational goal for the state bar of Texas. And this guy talks our former attorney general into doing that. <laughs> and to follow up on one of what, what Jim says. About uh, you know where the struggle's not over, uh, the the numbers by the state bar and by population of lawyers versus population, you know, it's kind of a floating number. One of the numbers I looked up, it used to be eight percent Hispanic lawyers. I think it's uh, another number was twelve percent, but yesterday I looked it up, and in some quarters it's still eight percent of the of the lawyer population in Texas versus approximately 38% Hispanics in the state of Texas. Those numbers are a little bit dated, but if you, you, know, you get the picture. So if you can figure out where we are for representation and needing representation for uh, the Hispanic population, because the Hispanic population is any population with an Asian or Asian, uh, African-American, they look to the leaders. We are the leaders. Uh, of uh, of these communities, there's a big gap, and you know we have a problem, and the problem is not solved. Um, but you know we've been trying, and it's a long road ahead. And you know we're optimistic that we're going to be doing better. 
But that's why, and Amanda, you and I have talked in the past, but that's why it's incumbent on all of us. I mean, everybody that's a leader in the Hispanic community and the, in the, in the legal community, Asian community, African-American community, to do what they can to speak out and do what they can to help change things for the better. Because we started it. And, uh, you know, it was destiny. And these guys, uh, you know, everybody had a role here. But now it's up to others to carry the work. Well, before we voted, I had an overhead projector <laughs> and some graphs I drafted out. The numbers, blessedly, came from the state bar. So we knew the numbers. We have a census in place. And once you ran the trajectory of the current growth projection, we would be in the middle of this century before the aspirational goal was achieved. This thing's going all the way out to 2050. I mean, and so before this even happens at the current growth rate, unless we do something here. Yeah, that's a that's a key. It, and I think you mentioned this when you invited us. You know, you were saying, well, given uh, the state's population and all that, uh, and and where we are as a majority minority state, what is how do you view this? And, and to me, what Jim's talking about, what Richard's talking about is key because not not to say that uh, only a Hispanic lawyer can represent a Hispanic or, or that a person of color can represent a person of color. The, the point is that we have perspective to help that large uh, and, in fact, majority uh, component of our state and our community, and we have an obligation. And the methods that we use, the, the particular approaches may not have been particularly subtle or, or uh, you know, uh, refined or whatever. But uh, and today, you guys, the, 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 the current bar of practicing young lawyers is a lot more talented and smarter than we are at doing this. You'll figure out better ways to do it. Since y'all agree that we're not done... Are there tangible things that our audience can do to help keep this pipeline going? There's a saying that, uh, well, first of all, everybody has a duty. And to follow up on what David was saying is that this is not the time to, to be on the sidelines, uh, not only for this minority issue, but for all issues currently facing the country. Uh, you know, we're in a crisis and, you know, we... We've been talking about the history, Well, let's talk about it now. I mean, the government, the, the country's in a crisis for a number of reasons, and um, you have uh, what some of the issues that we didn't have that are here today. And I brought this article of the hate crime. You've got the Pulse nightclub shooting uh, in Orlando. 2016, 48 dead, Tree of Life synagogue against uh, uh, Jewish people, the Buffalo shooting in 2022, black people, supermarket shooting, neo-Nazis, uh, Mother Emanuel Church, you had the El Paso shooting, all of these hate crimes that are here today that we didn't have in the past, but circle back to why leaders are necessary, why you know our minority leaders have more sympathy uh, if the uh, particular minority population uh, is wiped out, you know, in El Paso, I would think that those of us on this table may have a little bit more sympathy and understanding 
and want to change things. And through legislation, through elections, you can change things. So anything anybody can do, uh, you know, I think just, just do it. I mean, anything. Yesterday I was talking to another lawyer. I said everybody has got a different role. It can be small. It can be large. But you have to do something right now. And not only because our country needs you. It needs every one of us uh, to, to participate in, in, in what we've got going on right now. I'm thinking that as a local bar association, the Austin-Travis County Hispanic Bar needs to continue some of the traditions that we actually started back in the 80s. You know, we give out turkey baskets, complete meals to people. We still do that. It used to be we would all meet down there at the South Austin Rec Center and box up all these turkeys and all this stuff. Uh, thank you, Susie Barrera, for giving us all that free food that was sent over from, God knows, we're from Washington. We'd drive it around in the cold. We also did, uh, we had parties we had parties in the 80s. We had to be visible. So we had parties. Remember guys on the warehouses down there on 6th Street, just big open spaces where basically you brought a can of food or something like that, and in you go. You know, no thought about liability insurance or anything like that. It's like, unfortunately, nothing bad ever happened. But a couple of traditions like that. And then we had the Christmas party. Remember for the kids? We were always British your kids, and everybody would bring toys and stuff. That was, that was pretty good. I remember one time, though, uh, you know, I was playing Santa Claus. That was my role. And so I, I was just bending over, and this kid, like, back then it was Emmett Smith. This kid goes diving over a group of kids to get to this toy, and instead lands on my back and just sprains it. And I went, boom, I was down like a rock, and I crawled out of there and wasn't walking for, for three days. But we had those local traditions. What tied us together then was, one, we made a rule, no endorsements. We weren't going to sit there and have that argument again. Now they've got a separate procedure, I think, with the bar, with the Hispanic bar. But that was a, a good thing. Uh, two, we wanted to charge some dues. Uh, three, we had to have a newsletter. And back then, I remember typing it out on my little Apple Macintosh dot matrix printer and pasting it up and then Xeroxing it. And that was our newsletter, or, or copying it. Um, so, yeah, we, we, they've had some traditions that they continue to do. Now they have a foundation. Now they give grants and scholarships. We never dreamed of that on a local level. We just dreamed about, I dreamed about paying the mortgage you know, for my office building. Um, but yeah, we, we started this, these great traditions. We had no idea that what was going to happen down the road. I, I didn't have that kind of vision. I just, I just knew that I kept my, I, I was, I did what I was raised to do, which is work hard, be honest with people and, and, you know, do a good job. And I was lucky enough to meet these guys and Javier. Javier was always like a, um, our moral compass when we tended to go wandering <laughs> off, you know, Javier's like, now, now tell us, how would this look? I am some, how was, he had a way of, of Keeping us under control, keeping us in check. So he was a grown-up. He had your head on. There was one thing. One time, I don't know why we needed the money, but we partnered with uh, my softball team because I played softball and travel softball. We had a softball tournament out there, at Richard Moya Park, mm -hmm. and uh, we we made a bunch of money. We gave away cash prizes, which is always going to get a softball team. But we made like a thousand dollars, you know, for the organization. I don't. It was hot as hell. I remember we. Uh, Oh, my dad showed up. My dad, the uh, uh, intramural director down at Pan American, showed up with these two giant watermelons. We chopped them up, sold them for 50 cents a chuck, and we just made a <laughs> killing on those watermelons, the golden watermelons. But that, that was the kind of thing we did. We, we were fearless. We didn't know any better. The newsletter really helped a lot. There was no internet. There was none of that kind of stuff. But it would get passed around. You know, and we had regular meetings. We planned that. The other thing I want to say is we never had just one six-pack of beer when we were meeting. I'm just going to say that right now. I don't know where that came from. Now I love the, to know that your nickname is Dickie, Dickie Pena. The backstory, now that my secret's out, 
<laughs> I, I was Dickie Pena through high school in Thomas Jefferson in San Antonio and through law school. And so those who know, knew me then said, hey, Dickie, uh, after I passed the bar, I opened my office out of the back room of my house, my duplex. And it was just me and my typewriter and my one suit. But I was reading this book about success, and it says people will pay legal fees to a strong name, not a nickname. And I said, okay, I'm Richard. <laughs> so, since my professional name is, is Richard. Well, it seems like one important thing that y'all did that people can emulate is you never stopped leading. You founded this important organization that was important to you, but then you kept leading on different committees, commissions, the Bar Association. Why was that important to keep leading in other organizations? And I think for all of us, it, it's hard to to actually answer that question. It really is. What I have found is if there's an opportunity to go further, and you'll find this, Amanda, and what uh, I have uh, always evaluated, do, can I make a difference? Do they need a do they need something? Do they need more energy? Do they need to make it? Do we need to make a difference? Can I make a difference in that organization? And if the answer is yes, then I say I'm in. I'll spend the time, and we get into it. Now, once you get into it, things happen. You network, uh, and I have discussed with you and others. Uh, not unusual to go into a board meeting with uh, one of the organizations, and you look around the room, and it's all white males, or now it's some females, but uh, after you're comfortable, you know, with them and they respect you, you mention the fact that they need to diversify. And then you start the process of, of diversity, um, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the, whether it's male, female, Asian, diversity is diversity and it's healthy for an organization. I mean, but prime example is when I pointed David to the women in law, uh, they needed to diversify and it doesn't matter. Uh, which brings me to another point that, especially I get back to today's uh, climate and today's crisis that we have, it's important that all minority uh, affinity bars, we call them in the, in, in the bar, but all organizations, uh, of minority organizations, speak with one voice against all injustices. If it's an injustice against... Uh, uh, Hispanics, the African Americans, Asians need to come out and as a unit and speak up because it's an injustice. If it's an injustice against uh, Jewish people, uh, I call it the one voice doctrine. Everyone has to speak out, and then you have some power. Uh, you have much more power than if just that uh, particular minority group says, "Hey, that's not fair," or you know, you know, people shouldn't be shooting us. It is whatever, but. Uh, there's a lot to do. I mean, it's never ended, and you just have to keep doing it. I think it also makes you better. So regardless of what type of organization it is, we are better together as a group, and we are smarter when we put our, our talents together. So if you serve on the Community College Association or the, uh, you know, whatever, uh, the, the, the Neighborhood Association, whatever group you serve with, you make your community better and and uh, and you can serve your clients better or you can serve your neighbors better. Right. I mean, we're brothers. I was raised to be a leader. 
you know, I was raised to be a leader, whether it's coaching or whether it's when the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, remember them when they were just starting out and they wanted to have a Mardi Gras parade. And so somehow I got roped into putting on that Mardi Gras parade for two years in a row. We had the the, the King's Court right there on the balcony of the Driscoll Hotel. And um, the, I got, after that, I got as far away from there as I could, but we were just raised to be leaders. I thought, you know, and, no, there's nothing like having somebody come up to you and say, somebody just sort of chair off the balcony over. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, we were just raised. That's just the way we were raised. I mean, I saw immigration lawyers. I went to immigration conferences, and there would be no Hispanic lawyers. There'd be Chinese lawyers, and there'd be Anglo lawyers. There'd be no immigration lawyers. Uh, a classmate from law school actually started the Texas American Texas Immigration Annual Conference back in 1980. And then, so I'm at this conference, and um, I look across the room, and there's this tall Hispanic man. They were looking at each other, and it turns out he's Adon Vega, and he and I were the only Hispanics at this entire conference. Oh my goodness gracious, so we became fast buddies uh, because we were ostracized by everyone else. We, they were, the immigration lawyers did not want to answer our questions, but I'd answer anything for that, you know, and he'd answer anything for me because we were like me and Richard going out to court. We were just kind of holding <laughs> on to each other. And though Adon never wanted to be the president of the organization of the Texas chapter, I did. You know, I wanted to sit there and make some change and kind of led them into the, the computer era. So a question that might be awkward to answer, so you can answer it on behalf of each other. What do you think your legacy to the community is? I think the legacy, frankly, um, from my standpoint, is my legacy is defined by others, not defined by me. But the legacy of uh, this organization can be summarized in the following. About four or five years ago, I went to the annual lunch of uh, the Hispanic Bar Association of Austin, which is uh, what the Kamal evolved to. And it was a, like a banquet with uh, judges and, I mean, who's who of Austin in the legal community was there. Awards were given, everybody was dressed in their finery, and it was a great big ballroom, uh, I forget which hotel, and it was full, and it was packed. It was a ticket that you couldn't get, but I had gotten one through the Austin Bar. And I sat there and watched the presentations and listened to them, and my mind went back to meeting in Tommy's house <laughs> with the five of us, at with our tacos and beer, and asking, why do we keep doing this? And we answered it by saying, because someday it will be different. We have to keep doing this. And I think that's the legacy of this organization. Our organization is summarized in that event. What is your advice for attorneys looking to serve their legal community or the community at large? I'm going to say, uh, baby lawyers, if you don't know the answer to a question, ask. Okay. If you don't know whether you're needed, go with your heart. You know, Every organization needs leadership skills. If you've got them, lend them. You know, if you've got it, lend it to the community. Be a leader because you know there's going to be some kid out there who's going to want to be a lawyer someday, some boy or some girl. But never try to BS the people that you're with. Always be honest with them. If you don't know, just tell it. And be a leader. Don't be afraid to be a leader. It doesn't hurt. It's good. It feels good. If you're someone who feels like you have something to give in a leadership capacity, then the world is your oyster because 
basically people who step forward are willing to sacrifice, work with others, and leave everybody feeling good after they leave the room, uh, is that it's always needed. People, it's natural for people to be apprehensive and to be a little bit timid, a little bit afraid. Uh, they don't know what to join. They don't know how to do it. They don't want to sign up for some for an organization, a bar bar section, uh, and so they don't do it. It's easier. There's a lot of excuses. I'm too busy. I you know it's not for me. Whatever. But. A small story, it, but underlying all of this is fear. And the other day I had uh, uh, one of my legal assistants who, who is going to go, wants to go to law school and who was going to take her LSAT uh, the next day. And she came in. She was a mess. She was a basket case. And I could I talked to her and I could see that she was afraid. She was just, she had fear in her eyes. And I talked her down off the ledge, and I told her, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear doesn't live here, does not live in this office. And for those who are looking to join, who are a little bit afraid, just do it. It doesn't matter what committee. It's like David would put on a real estate section or, or committee. Doesn't matter. You meet people and you can contribute in some way. Just do it. Yeah, but I think that what these guys have said is is really important. But listening as a skill for any leader or anybody interested in participating is is key. And taking care of yourself first. Uh, I say this from experience because I didn't follow this uh, approach, but take care of yourself because you, you and your family and, and your your foundations, because if you're not in, in good stead within yourself personally, you're not going to lead anything. Well, thank you all so much for being here today. Um, I think this is really important for folks that weren't around at the time that you created this organization to remember why you needed to, why it's still important, um, why we still have a lot more to do in the profession to diversify. Um, and I can't thank you enough for joining us. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. We'll see y'all next time.